Good morning, McFarlane. My name is Wendy Neal, and I am the senior associate pastor here, and it is great to be worshiping with you today where we proclaim that this is the day that the Lord has made, so let us rejoice and be glad in it. Please let us know that you are here by filling out the registration pads that the ushers are passing out at this time. If you are online, you can let us know that you are here by liking or sharing or commenting uh, the feed uh, there that is online. We are really glad that you are worshiping with us today as well. Uh, if this is your first time at McFarland, please let us know. Uh, after worship, we will be glad to greet you in our Martin Chapel that is in the back of the sanctuary. We would like to get to know you, to share any information about McFarlane with you. And we also have a gift bag that we would like to give you as our way of saying thank you for being here. And we really pray that you will experience God's love in this place. I also want to let you know about a fun new opportunity to connect with your church family that is coming up in a couple of weeks. On October 23rd, which is a Sunday, from 3 to 5 in the afternoon, we are going to have a trunk or treat. And our children are going to come dressed up in their costumes and they're going to get to trick or treat in our south parking lot. And we're going to have pumpkin painting and carving and a bouncy house and of course our pumpkin patch will be open and we'll have a selfie station so you can get lots of great pictures and everyone is welcome to come to this event it is an an event for all ages because we do need people to come with their cars and their trunks decorated with candy to give out to our children who will be trick-or-treating and so if you would like to do that we have a sign up page on our website. You can go to the jump in section and let us know that you would be willing to do that on October 23rd. Uh, mark your calendars. I've got my costume ready to go and you can get your costume ready to go and, and we will all show up and have a great time together. I um, also want to let you know that we are getting ready to start our season of stewardship in the church, uh, this time when we make our commitment to give to God's ministries in 2023. want you to be on the lookout for our stewardship booklet that you should be getting in the mail this week. Um, and also, uh, we have a video today. We want to give you a sneak peek of what is coming because we know that you will not want to miss it. And so let's watch our video together. Our stewardship focus is taken from Acts 2.17, a promise that God will give the church dreams and visions. That is, God will provide spiritual guidance and real opportunity for us to flourish and to expand ministry despite challenges. Such guidance from God comes through insights from both younger and older generations. So we asked a few of our members to dream about what kind of church community they hope to experience and celebrate here at McFarland. Throughout all stages of my life thus far, McFarland has been here, has been welcoming, has been um, there through crises. And I, I would like that, um, that welcoming church feeling to continue to make sure that that happens for any future generations, that it's here, it's welcoming, there's something for everybody and that um, it will continue to go on like that. I always dreamed that I could be part of a church that helped 
youth kindergarten through high school. It's important because if you grow up learning something, then I, then I feel like that relationship's gonna be stronger, you're gonna believe it more when you become an adult. I always dreamed that I would be part of a church that the music was so deep and involves everyone from ages kindergarten all the way up into their 70s and 80s, whether it be singing or ringing. Like keeping a future here. Like even if I have kids or my sister or my brother have kids, I want them to go here. I can't imagine not being in a church with family and music to connect with God in the same way. I hope that in the future that people will know this church and they will know that it's a safe place to go and they will know that this is just the place that makes you happy. I have a literal dream that I had. Um, Norman had a historic flooding and the building of McFarland, the, the church building itself was just wiped out as well as a lot of a lot of Norman and immediately there was the congregation, um, the people of the church, which are the church, uh, were jumping in and saying, we need to get food pantry back online. We need to help the, the community recover from this disaster. And so if there's like a dream, that was the real dream in the long-term hope and dream for the future is that it's always like that, that no matter what, that there's, there's there's a community of, of, uh, that, is, that is out there to, to serve others and just show the love of God in their actions. We serve a God who dreams big and whose vision for the world is revealed in Jesus Christ. It's a vision for human flourishing that is found in following the way of Jesus. Throughout the next few weeks, we are asking you to explore how God's dreams for persons families and the world inspires your visions and dreams for McFarland and how God is calling you to support McFarland in this next year. Together, we can turn dreams into realities. I'm excited to celebrate with you all that God is doing through the ministries of McFarland and also want to say that it is a pleasure to welcome our district superintendent, Reverend Dr. Victor McCullough and his wife, Reverend Nancy McCullough. Uh, they are here with us this morning and so we welcome you as well. Thank you for being here today. Please stand and sing our opening hymn, 428, for the healing of the nations, 428.
join me in affirming our faith together as we use the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. may be seated. Congregation, I invite you to turn to page 39 in our hymnal and to follow along. Brothers and sisters in Christ, through the sacrament of baptism, we are initiated into Christ's holy church. We are incorporated in, into God's mighty acts of salvation and given new birth through water and the Spirit. All this is God's gift offered to us without price. Today I present to you Bo Brewer Fleming. <clears throat> He's the son of Benjamin and Megan Fleming. And uh, we're glad you're here, Bo. Hi. And also Millie Megan Jansen, the daughter of Nick and Madison Jansen. Hi, Millie. We're glad you're here. Both of these grand are the grandchildren of Fred and Sue Chillis. I ask you, parents, on behalf of the whole church, do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness, reject the evil powers of this world, and repent of your sin? If so, say, I do. Do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves? If so, say, I do. Do you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior, put your whole trust in His grace, and promise to serve Him as your Lord in union with the church which Christ has opened to people of all ages, nations, and races? If so, say, I do. Will you nurture these children in Christ's holy church that by your teaching and example they may be guided to accept God's grace for themselves, to profess their faith openly, and to lead a Christian life? If so, say, I will. <clears throat> Do you, as Christ's body, the church, reaffirm both your rejection of sin and your commitment to Christ? We do. Will you nurture one another in the Christian faith and life and include these persons now before you in your care? With, with God's help, we will proclaim the good news and live according to the example of Christ. We will surround these persons with a community of love and forgiveness that they may grow in their service to others. We will pray for them that they may be true disciples 
who walk in the way that leads to life. And so we say this on behalf of churches in Dallas uh, where these young persons will be raised, where they currently live. And now we turn to the thanksgiving over the water. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Eternal Father, when nothing existed but chaos, you swept across the dark waters and brought forth light. In the days of Noah, you saved those on the ark through water, and after the flood, you set in the clouds a rainbow. When you saw your people as slaves in Egypt, you led them to freedom through the sea. Their children you brought through the Jordan to the land which you promised. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Tell of God's mercy each day. In the fullness of time, you sent Jesus nurtured in the water of a womb. He was baptized by John and anointed by your Spirit. He called his disciples to share in the baptism of his death and resurrection and to make disciples of all nations. Declare his works to the nations, his glory among all the people. Pour out your Holy Spirit to bless this gift of water and those who receive it to wash away their sin and clothe them in righteousness throughout their lives, that dying and being raised with Christ, they may share in his final victory. All praise to you, eternal Father, through your Son, Jesus Christ, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns forever. Amen. Hi, Mr. Bo. No? <laughs> and your daddy will bring you right over here. Bo, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let me invite you to join in laying on of hands as we pray for you. The Holy Spirit worked within you, Bo, that being born of water in the Spirit, you may be a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hi, Millie. Hi there. Hi. Millie, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Join me in laying on hands. May the Holy Spirit work within you, that being born of water and the Spirit, you may be a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ. Amen. Yeah. More water. Yeah. That's what we like, eager to be a disciple. Now, church, it is our joy to welcome our new sisters and brothers in Christ. Say with me, through baptism you are incorporated by the Holy Spirit into God's new creation and made to share in Christ's royal priesthood. We are all one in Christ Jesus. With joy and thanksgiving, we welcome you as members of the family of Christ. Let's sing together. <laughs> Thank you. 
children. God is with them and God will be with them. Thank you all. You may be seated. Bo and Millie, welcome to the family of God. Church, let us pray together. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this day and this opportunity to give you our thanks and praise. And we thank you for Millie and for Bo and for their families. God, we know that you are a loving and merciful God who is always with us, always ready to receive us into your family. And God, we pray to you for all of the needs and concerns that are on our hearts and minds today, knowing that you remain faithful. And so, Lord, we pray for the church. We pray that we might do our best to present ourselves to you as a community that follows your ways faithfully. God, in your might, you rule forever and you, your eyes keep watch over all of the nations. And so today we pray for our nation and our community, for all decision makers and authority. And gracious God, all of the earth bows down before you and sings out your name. And so we pray for the nations of all of the earth, that your peace might protect us and keep us all. Lord Jesus, as you healed the ten leopards, lepers between Galilee and Samaria, God, we pray that you would heal those who suffer in body and mind and spirit. And God of creation, we pray for those who have lost loved ones and property and communities in the wake of Hurricane Ian's destruction. Oh God, as they seek to gather themselves and process all that has happened and how to move forward, we ask that they would know that they are not alone, that you are always with them. Holy God, you hold on to us in life, and you do not allow our feet to slip, and so lead us and guide us as we live as your children in this world, in our places of work and school and home and recreation. Let our lives proclaim the hope that we truly have in you. And Jesus, in your faithfulness to us, you shower us with grace and mercy and love and all that we need. And so we pray that you would shape our hearts, that they would be filled with gratitude, that we might always return to you and give you thanks. And holy God, we pray this, and we pray together the prayer that your son Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. I would love to invite at this time any children who are here this morning to come forward to hear our children's message with Miss Daphne.
Good morning. Well, thanks to the um, Jansen and Fleming families, we have a lot of kids here. That's awesome. So good and so happy for Bo and for Millie today on their baptism. That's so neat. Well, when I was a little girl, my mom would sometimes take me to, like, to the store with her or something like that, but I was a really shy little girl. And when people would talk to me, I would get kind of scared and embarrassed. And so if somebody came up to me and said, oh, what a pretty dress you're wearing, I might put my head down like this because I was kind of shy. And my mom would say, what do you say? And I'd say, thank you. And many times she had to remind me because I was such a shy kid. But one of the things that that helped me do is to remember that it's always important to say thank you. You know, the Bible tells us that too. I'm going to read you some verses in Psalm 118. It says in here in this Bible, Give thanks to the Lord because God is good. Hmm, that's something to say thank you to God for. Here's another thing it says about God. It says, God is with me. That's true. The Bible tells us that over and over again, that God is with us. I want to say thank you to God for that. It says in here that God helps me. That's also true. That's a really good thing to thank God for. And that God gives me strength. Anytime I need it, I can ask God, and God gives me strength. And it also says that God has saved me. All of those things are really good things to say thank you to God for. And I'm sure you can think of some other things today that you can tell your parents or your grandparents or your aunts or your cousins thank you for. Maybe thank you for being with us today. What a great day for family to be here. Let's, take, let's say a prayer together. God, thank you so much for all of these children that are here. Thank you for bringing them here. Thank you for bringing their parents. Thank you for the rain. Thank you that the pumpkins are ripe. Thank you that we get to come to church and be together and talk about you and learn about you and sing about you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Daphne. Let's stand and sing hymn 399, Take My Life and Let It Be, 399.
we come to this moment of offering, I want to say thank you. There are so many who would say thank you to you, to this church. Thank you from the children who gather to learn the stories of Jesus. Thank you from the people who drive through the alley and now drive over by Penn Hall to pick up groceries so that they can put food on the table for their children that evening. Thank you for those around the world who benefit because of what we do together. Thank you for your support so that we can care for each other, so that congregational care ministers can make their way to the hospital when members of our church are there and minister to them along with us pastors. Thank you for all the ways that you make a difference here and around the world. May God take what we give and multiply it in ministry and accomplish the mission. May it be so. Amen. You may be seated.
You may be seated. Our scripture text today comes from Luke 17, beginning at verse 11. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was going through the region between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, ten lepers approached him. Keeping their distance, they called out, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were made clean. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. He prostrated himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus asked, Were not ten made clean, but the other nine? Where are they? Was none of them found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner. And then he said to him, Get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Holy God, we give you thanks for your word and for the way that you continue to speak to us even today. And so, God, we come before you with open minds and open hearts, open ears, ready to listen. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I had the opportunity to travel to Bolivia in May of 2015 on behalf of the Oklahoma Annual Conference. I went to attend what they call the round table where representatives from all of the ministry partners who work with the Methodist Church of Bolivia were present and Oklahoma has a very long and faithful partnership with uh, Methodists in Bolivia and so I went uh, this was my first time traveling to South America first time to the round table uh, and I do have to say that my trip did not get off to a very good start. Um, you see, I was supposed to fly from Oklahoma City to Dallas, and then Dallas to Miami, and then Miami to La Paz, Bolivia. But my flight in Oklahoma City was running about 30 minutes late. So I missed my connection in Dallas. So I got on the next flight from Dallas to Miami and we were, you know, we were boarded on the plane, ready to go. All of a the sudden there's an announcement that there are mechanical problems and you can either wait several hours on the plane until they get fixed or you can get off and figure out something else. So, you know, I realized that if I didn't get off of that plane, I was not going to make it to Bolivia. So, got off. Uh, was scheduled to fly on another flight from Dallas to Santiago de Chile to Iquique, Chile, and then to La Paz, Bolivia. Miraculously enough, just getting me there six hours later than I would have arrived had I made that flight in Oklahoma City. Uh, it was an adventure, to say the least, but I was fine. 
I was totally fine. The only thing that happened uh, with all of the missed flights was that, you know, my bag got lost in the shuffle. And um, I didn't end up getting it until I was back at the airport a week later ready to leave and come home. So uh, I spent all week in Bolivia at these important meetings with all of the bishops um, that had ever been in Bolivia um, in the same jeans and shirt uh, for a whole week. So I was a little bit embarrassed. I was able to get a toothbrush and toothpaste at least, but we weren't really in an area where I could get much else. And so it, it was a frustrating situation. You know, but taking a deep breath and on reflection, you know, I realized that there had been many blessings along the way. Not everything was frustrating. And so I decided that I was going to focus on the blessings that I had received rather than all of the problems with the mix-ups. You know, I was able, you know, to travel through... Uh, immigration and customs in Chile and in Bolivia without any problems. There were two people there at the airport to pick me up when I arrived. You know, I was safe and I was welcomed and I was offered incredible hospitality from people who didn't even know me. You know, and I was reminded at that time of what a comedian said on TV once. He said, what we have right now is amazing, and nobody's happy. He says, when, when people have to wait for a delayed flight or sit on the runway for their gate to clear or something unexpected happens when flying, he asks those people who get really frustrated, he said, oh, really? And then what happened next? Did you fly through the air incredibly like a bird? Did you cross the country or an entire ocean in a matter of hours? Did you partake in the miracle of human flight? You know, so often we take for granted all of the amazing and wonderful and beautiful things that we enjoy in life, things that make our lives so much easier, things that we have no part in creating and yet benefit from every single day. And it is so easy to get caught up in all that is not working and all that is wrong with the world and to complain about it. You know, and even if we don't complain, you know, how often do we take the time to intentionally be mindful of what is good and to say, thank you, God, for the blessings. You know, we know that God has given us our bodies and our souls and our reason and our senses and our material possessions and our relationships. Yet with all that God richly provides us every day, sometimes we do forget to say thank you to God. You know, and it's really not just about having good manners towards God it really is also unhealthy because studies show that grateful people are happier 
and more satisfied with their lives and with their relationships, that grateful people are more forgiving and are more supportive than those who are ungrateful. Grateful people are less depressed and stressed and envious and anxious. You know, and we as Christians, we really do not need science to tell us how important gratitude is. Because gratitude and gratefulness is mentioned 150 times in the New Testament alone. It's been referred to, gratefulness or gratitude is referred to as the parent of all Christian virtues. Because when we are grateful, we often find that what comes is that we are more loving and more forgiving and we're willing to share and we're more compassionate. You know, Paul writes to the church in Thessalonica. He tells them, he says, give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. You know, it is so easy to focus on all that is wrong with the world, especially when we hear all the time how bad the economy is or about the negativity of, of divisions in our world and all of the, the terrible acts of, of violence and destruction that happens. But consider this story of the German pastor named Martin Reinhardt. He served as a pastor in a town in Germany that became a refuge for political and military figures during the Thirty Years' War, which began in 1618. And the situation in his town in Eilenburg was bad even before the Black Plague arrived there in 1637. And so in the midst of the war, they also have now the Black Plague. And so in his town, one pastor fled, just left, and said, could not handle that, could not deal with that. And Pastor Reinhardt buried another two pastors on the very same day. And so being the only pastor remaining in the town, he conducted funeral services for as many as 50 people a day. And it's reported that he did 4,000 480 funerals in one year. That's a lot. And you know what he is most famous for? There is a hymn in our hymnal where he has written the words that he wrote in the midst of this war and this death. And it's a very upbeat hymn that we typically sing around this time of year. Uh, rejoices and gives thanks to God in all things. And it goes, the first line is, Now thank we all our gods with heart and hands and voices. What wondrous things hath done in whom this world rejoices, who from our mother's arms has blessed us on our way with countless gifts of love and still is ours today. What a wonderful testimony to gratitude in the midst of difficult times. You know, Jesus 
did not do the things that he did. He did not perform the miracles that he did in order to be thanked for them. And that's a, a good thing maybe too because people responded to Jesus in a wide variety of ways. Not often though by coming back and saying thank you. You know, in the Gospel of Luke in chapter 5, when Jesus cleanses a leper, the response of people is to crowd around him wanting healing for themselves. And when Jesus heals a man with a withered hand, the response of his opponents is to be filled with fury and to begin to plot the demise of Jesus. And when Jesus raises a widow's son, the response of the crowd was to be filled with fear and to glorify God. And when Jesus casts out a legion of demons from a tormented man, the garrisons ask him to leave because they were seized with great fear. When a woman is healed by touching the hem of his garment, he quickly sends her away and says, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. And she does. When Jesus heals a boy with a demon, the crowds were astounded at the greatness of God. And when Jesus heals a blind beggar in Jericho, the man followed him, glorifying God, and all the people, when they saw it, praised God. And so in our passage today, the response of one of the lepers is unique. You know, as Jesus walked along the border of Samaria and Galilee, we see this unexpected scene that kind of characterizes Jesus' life. There were a band of ten lepers who were outcasts from society. They called to Jesus from a distance so that they don't get close to other people and possibly spread their disease. And they cry out, asking Jesus to have mercy on them. And Jesus calls back to them, go and show yourselves to the priests. And so they set off to do what he says. And it's on the way there that they're healed. They didn't even get to the priests. And that is amazing enough in itself. But it's really the next scene that makes this story so memorable and special. Because the next scene tells us that one person comes back to Jesus to say thanks. One former leper returns to praise God for being given this great gift of his life back. This one, this person who was once required to stand at the margins of society, announcing out loud to anyone who came near that he was both physically and spiritually unclean, this one can now return to his family can now return to the, the comfort of human touch, to the warmth of living in community with others. He is made whole, and he is so overcome with gratitude that he throws himself at Jesus' feet. 
Now, how could he do anything else? But Jesus, meanwhile, he is really taken back by this, and not necessarily by the man's dramatic show of thanks, but by the fact that only one returned. Because he asked, he says, well, well, where are the other nine? Why is there only one who really understands what just happened? And so it's a mystery. How could people who have suffered so much and who have received this life-changing gift, the gift of a normal life, at least not say thank you? You know, surely there is a reasonable explanation for that. Is it possible that this is just a show of extraordinary ingratitude, that they didn't care that Jesus had done this for them? Well, rather, it's probably not the case. Most likely, it's just a case that those nine got caught up in the moment. Perhaps these nine now-cleansed lepers are, are back celebrating with their family and their friends. They are overjoyed by the return to the ones they loved. Perhaps in the midst of their excitement, they just forgot about Jesus, the one who had given them their lives back. You know, while the story causes us to wonder along with Jesus what happened to the other nine, if we are honest and truly honest with ourselves, we know all too often that we can also find ourselves so caught up in daily living and what is going on in our world and so used to what we have that we sometimes forget to thank the source of all that we have. Sometimes we forget to be even mindful about the real gifts of life. And expressing gratitude just gets overlooked. Sometimes we are so easily caught up in our own enjoyment of the great gifts of God that we either forget where they come from or we just, just don't think about it that much. So then what about this one, this one leper who gets it right? How is it that he remembers to give thanks when these others don't? Well, we can only guess, but it seems fair to say that maybe somehow this person is moved with gratitude because he sees the miracle of this gift, the blessing of this gift in light of the bigger picture of life. He sees the magnitude of the gift and the goodness of God that is at the, the root of it. You know, perhaps Luke is also hoping that we're going to notice this other important detail that helps to explain this one man's response. Because that grateful leper, Luke tells us, is a Samaritan. It's a Samaritan. 
And since Jesus is walking along the border of Samaria, maybe it's not a surprise that at least one of the lepers that day he encounters was a Samaritan. But it is a surprise that it is the Samaritan who is the only one who turns healing into an opportunity to give thanks and praise to God, to worship God. Jesus says aloud so that the whole crowd of people who were gathered there can hear, was no one found to return and give praise except this foreigner? He was reminding all of his hearers and the crowd that those perhaps who are really comfortable in Galilee might be the ones who miss most what God is doing in their midst simply because they aren't paying attention or simply because they take for granted the blessings of God that they receive every day. This one leper, though, he is very aware of his otherness, that he is not of Galilee. He is of Samaria. He is very aware that he really has no entitlement to any blessing that God gives, no reason to expect anything from Jesus. And as a result, he is the one who is capable of seeing this gift as a freely given miracle, as a true miracle. He's able to recognize the gift as a gift simply because he doesn't think that he has it coming to him. He has no reason to expect it. And so his response to Jesus is this mixture of humility and gratitude that Jesus so appreciates. You know, at first glance, this story seems very straightforward, that we might be tempted to, to boil this story down to saying, well, God loves an attitude of gratitude or, or something like that, right? Or, or let's put something else on our to-do list. Let's make sure, you know, that we give thanks every day to God, which is not a bad thing. But I'm not sure that that is really uh, the meaning of this parable. You know, if we really contemplate the Samaritan leper's example we realize that those responses really fall short of the real depth of this man's encounter with Jesus. You know, the message of the story is it's not the kind that we find in, in self-help literature. It doesn't simply encourage us to develop more healthy manners towards God by saying thank you more often. Now, in this story, we see something far deeper we see that the roots of Christian gratitude go along with a profound awareness of God's grace for our whole being in the midst of our everyday, ordinary lives, in the highs and in the lows. And if we really understand who we are and what God has done for us, if we comprehend to the core of our being that every breath we take and even our existence itself 
is a gift, then how can we do anything but join the Samaritan at the feet of Jesus, overcome with gratitude? Those miracles do not just come in miraculous healings. They come here and now as we sit together, as we worship together, as we leave this place to be the body of Christ for this world. And that is a miracle. You know, the truth is that we have so many things to be thankful for. Our presence here, our family, our home, our work, our play, our food, our drink, and everything else that goes into daily life. And the God who provides these things has given us an even better gift. And that is life with him. A life of love and grace and salvation. God has revealed himself to us by giving us his word, his son, Jesus, by granting us faith and the power of the Holy Spirit. God hears our prayers, forgives our sins, and offers us new life. And if there is anything to be thankful for and mindful of in this life, it is that. And so we give our thanks and praise to the one who is good. As the psalmist says to the Lord, for he is good because his steadfast love endures forever. And so let us pray. Holy God, we give you thanks for so many things, but especially for our life with you for the way that you fill us with your love. You offer us grace and forgiveness. And you give us the Holy Spirit that allows us to live with compassion and kindness and love for others. And so God, help us to never take that for granted, but to be mindful every day that life with you in this place is a miracle. And let us give thanks. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. As we come to the close of our service today, as we prepare to sing our hymn together, I would just invite you to spend a moment in prayer asking if God is calling you to take that next step in your journey of faith. If you believe that God is calling you to say yes today to his ministries here at McFarland to make a profession of faith to become a member of this church. And we would invite you to come today during the last verse of the hymn that we will sing together. And if you are not quite ready to take that step today, we would just invite you to, to call us. You can call me, you can call Pastor Rockford, Pastor Trey, and we would love to talk with you and to pray with you as you consider where God is leading you. And so I would invite you to open your hymnals to our hymn number 88, and let us stand and sing together.
As you go forth today, I bet you can think of a number of things for which you can thank God today. When was the last time that you did that, when it wasn't here on Sunday morning? I'll just invite you to take a moment each day to be mindful of all of the blessings you have and to say thank you to God. And also think about how you might be a blessing for others. How will that gratitude, that parent of all Christian virtues, give birth to more love and more forgiveness and more compassion in your life? Go forth this week to live with humility and gratitude and go in peace. Amen.